If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate. I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. It's Mr. Ben Errington. And a special guest today, we have a certain Mr. Stu Freeman. Hey, Stu. Hello. How's it going, man? Hey, Stu. How you doing, man? You all right? Yeah, very really good. Thanks. Thanks for Excellent. joining us. <laughs> uh, give you a bit of an introduction. Uh, so, Stu Freeman, a.k.a. Stu Tube or Stu Tube. Sorry, I yeah. may have pronounced that wrong. Uh, geeky queer YouTuber, geek promoter, and gamer. Um, so you've got a YouTube channel where you do various horror list countdowns and various things. Yeah. Uh, and we both know each other. We're from here in Bristol in the music scene. Uh, so I thought you'd be a good fit, especially for this uh, movie today, because it was on one of your lists. Your uh, found for 10, 10 underlooked Found, found footage movies, was that right? Ten horror movie hidden gems you might have missed. It's right in front of me and I'm trying to say something else. <laughs> so there we go. Um, so I have a question. What else was on that, that list? Well, I mean, we don't want to spoil the video, I guess. But with, yeah. is there a couple of us that we could... Yeah, a couple, uh, yeah. uh, so I remember putting in Grave Encounters and Devil's Pass and I mentioned Wreck. With Wreck and Wreck 2 are like my favourite found footage movies of all time. Yeah. I find Wreck 2 is just terrifying. So, Wreck <laughs> uh, 2. Yeah. So, Wreck 1 is in the tower block. Wreck, Wreck 2 is as well. Yeah. But Wreck 2 is like uh, that he aren't like military or police or something um, going around with, with guns. There's an amazing bit in Wreck 2 where like someone, it's like if the light's on, there's there's nothing there in this attic. And if the light's off, there's like a well or like a, a thing of water. A guy falls into it or something slips in or something uh and then the light goes off and they're like no idea where, where he's gone yeah i really awesome. remember it 
I barely remember it at all. I remember the the third one was at the wedding, wasn't it? I haven't seen that one. Yeah, that's rubbish. <laughs> uh, see, I, I remember quite liking it. I think the la- I think I watched like a kill count thing of it recently, and I was like, I do remember quite liking this. Um, is that it? There's a is there a four? There is a four. Wreck four apocalypse. apocalypse. Just yeah, from looking at yeah, the Johan was telling us to watch that. I remember. Oh really? Just yeah. from looking at the poster, it looks kind of naff. Maybe on a boat. Looks like it's on a boat. <clears throat> this is crazy. But I think that's it. Wreck four. My, what's your favourite fan footage movie, uh, Luke? Would you say? Would you say it was Wreck? Would you say it was? No, I mean, the Blair Witch Project yeah. is the obvious answer, and it feels like it's too obvious, doesn't it? it feels almost yeah. like. Yeah. Well, it's, it is. I mean, the last like five minutes of that are like terrifying. Wreck is up there because I've got really good memory. We were at university. Being like eight of a twenty-three-year-old boy, men drinking really strong beer. Boy, stuck a stuck a quad, and then like within like a minutes, like we were all like absolutely petrified of what we were watching. Oh, yeah. It was just a really good memory. Um, That's fra- fragile masculinity for you. Just could be yeah. broken down immediately into to its most volatile nature. There yeah. we go. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I might even say as above, so below. I don't know. Just because that's an interesting one. Yeah. yeah, I quite like that. But I was quite late to the party. I think I only saw that maybe last year. Yeah. Um, sticking on Wreck, have you guys seen Quarantine? So the, the US remake of that? I have. It's, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember not really right. enjoying it very much at all. <laughs> yeah, um, it's pretty much almost shot for shot of the Wreck. Yeah. But just not as good. And um, with really hammy acting and then with like a CGI monster at the end instead of huh. like, practical effects so it just doesn't oh, work really well. yeah ah, it's not that, as good that's that moment at the end of wreck is horrific yeah um but yeah <laughs> i remember it's quarantine's always one of those movies i mention when people mention pointless remakes mm. i go that is an absolutely pointless pointless remake i can mm. kind of understand why some remakes exist um but yeah just just changing the language and basically remaking it shot for shot is lame yeah. Lame as balls. Yeah, just learn to read. Just just learn how to read. Just learn how to yeah. read, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the subtitles thing. I think it's just like an extra interesting thing. Because sometimes I watch movies and I go, I, I might need to put the subtitles on with this anyway. Because especially with fine footage, it's a bit, yeah. it's kind of a bit, it's kind of carnage. I do it with games as well. I find I, so I only, I always have them on with games because yeah. I don't know. Like I just, I just prefer them to be there as a little comfort in case I miss anything. Yeah, work out what yeah sometimes in a cutscene there's like a detail where it's like telling you essentially what you need to do the next section of the game and if you miss that yeah. you're screwed you screw well, it yeah are you are you uh subtitles on on your games would uh, you say? i i am i am now so i never used to be but um my other half is uh sicilian and so sometimes when people have got like really strong english accents or a really strong like american like southern accent or something like that can't go on with it so mm. yeah. we we put subtitles on i've got so used to it now that i'm like oh, okay this is fine i'll just like like you know i can i can put them on but the problem with games is that like I always say, I've read it before they've said it, and, and that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially <laughs> when it's a moment that's got like really gravitas, or like it's a super dramatic moment or a reveal, and you're yeah. like, I've bloody read that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I'm waiting for them to say something else now. Come on. So <laughs> yeah, there's. Uh, oh, spoiler alerts, me. <laughs> oh. Have you ever had it where the where the subtitles are like slightly out by? It could be like 
three seconds. I think I did this when we watched Shin Godzilla, where the subtitles were just slightly later than everything that was being said. And I was just, or maybe slightly before. Yeah, something was something was off. So it's like these really dramatic moments and people like do, do, giving a hell of a performance. And then yeah. three seconds later, what they actually said. And I was like, well, yeah, that's stressful. Very stressful. Uh, right. Shall I do some horror news? Yeah, let's do as cracking. What have, we, what have um. we got going on uh, this week in horror? So Faces of Death reboot is in the works from the uh, the filmmakers who made Cam. Did you guys see Cam? I think you did, Lou, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see that, Stu? Did you say? No. No, it's it was like a... Oh, God, how can I explain it? So it's like a Cam babe girl. Station. Babe Station. <laughs> yeah, Babe Station. <laughs> babe Station, the movie. Finally, <laughs> you get to see... Um, how would you say, how would you describe it? I'll keep way of describing it. So, like cam, well, cam well, girl. Babe Station. I mean, so it's Babe Station, but um, the the cam girl, uh, she finds that she's been streaming when she's not actually there. So we find out there's like a, yeah, a doppelganger like a kind of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Like doppel- that was the word I was thinking of, doppelganger. Um, uh-huh. And it was also a bit like, uh, oh my God, what's like the Screen Life <laughs> horror movie called? What can I think Post. of that? Uh, unfriended unfriended yeah so it's a bit like that so some of it was it all it wasn't all screen life though was it no um so yeah it was really good though it was one of my favorites of whichever year it came out 2017 i'm not really doing it justice by misremembering every <laughs> minor detail here and i'm very sorry uh, yeah but so <laughs> yeah so babe station the movie um so faces of death which was released in 1978 is one of the most infamous films of all time allegedly showcasing real footage of real death do you reckon that's true no so it was special effects uh but yeah in 2021 where that won't be as big an effect um as as it would have been released in 1978 so yeah, that sounds interesting. I don't know if I've actually even seen Faces of Death. I know a bit I about have. it, but it was it. banned in forty-six countries. It says here on the v- front of the cover of the VHS. That's not yeah. bad, really. There's lots more countries than that, aren't there? Where did it sit on the you know the iceberg rating system of horror movies or disturbing oh. movies? Have you seen that state? No. So it's like yes. um, the tip of the iceberg. The top of the iceberg is like the not that disturbing horror movie, so the, I don't know, The Exorcist or whatever, and then you're a little bit deeper on the iceberg, and the films are like, um, say, Faces of Death or uh, Cannibal Centipede. Holocaust, Human yeah. Centipede, and then they get to like these more and more obscure, more disturbing films that yeah. I didn't even think were real, but they <laughs> apparently are. So we had um, we had Zobo with a shotgun, who's like an extreme horror aficionado on the podcast like a little while ago. Mm. And she was basically telling us about some of these movies. I don't think she'd seen all of them, but she'd seen a few of them. And she was just telling us the concept of some of them as well. Some of them which may or may not be snuff movies. Some of them which are just sexual assault just for 90 (laughs) minutes. So pretty horrific stuff. But we were, me and Luke realized that we were actually quite uh, vanilla in terms of of the stuff we'd seen. so I, I can't remember what the most extreme one. I think even Cannibal Holocaust was maybe one of the most extreme ones we'd seen. That was one of those extreme ones we'd seen, uh, but like it was only like level three out of seven. Yeah, what? we'll send we'll send the yeah. image to you, Stu, because um, we yeah. I think we found it on Reddit, and I didn't even want to Google some of them because they were just like I mean, your laptop I was like, shuts down automatically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> your laptop just yeah just crumbles in on itself and just goes no 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 <laughs> like on, you'll only be able to find it on corners of the dark web or something you, you've got to put a transaction in which actually someone comes around and takes one of your kidneys and drops off a dvd of it um <laughs> or stuff like that yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah. So there's that face of death. Excuse me. Is that delivery? <laughs> delivery turning up outside? Uh, guy from the dark web. He's delivering kind of Holocaust five. That's the how Holocaust. you order it. You just talk about it on a podcast, and so and yeah. they know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else? We've got uh, so orphan first kill. Uh, director William Brent Bell is talking about bringing Esther back for an extremely violent prequel. Um, is anyone looking forward to this, or did anyone know this was happening? The Orphan prequel. No, I don't. Are you fans do of Orphan? Do you know what? I loved the first movie. I thought it was great. Even the, and I will say that I did not figure out the twist. I'm one of the few people that didn't figure out the twist halfway through. People <laughs> who say they figured out the twist are just liars. Yeah. They're really old people. To be <laughs> but I, I thought it was great. And I, I loved the ending. I thought it, it just did a really good job of, um, of just making that character that, uh, just terrifying, basically. Um, yeah. But I don't think there's anything else to say. I don't think there's anything that... And, and also, the girl who um, was playing Esther is going to be so much older now, which means that she's going to be closer to the age that she's so meant she's, to be anyway. She's 24 years old now, so how on earth is that going to work as a prequel? Yeah. I genuinely have no idea. Are they just going to dress her up the same and say she's the same age or younger than before? Or, I don't know. Maybe she's just got a really good skincare routine that we don't know about. And she looks somehow younger. Uh, yeah, but the director's been talking about it. And I think it's supposed to come out possibly next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's done an interview, I think, on Bloody Disgusting talking about it as well. So I might check that out. Uh, another story I saw um, on Bloody Disgusting. So, Luke, you, you know Max Booth, don't you? I do, yeah, yeah. You do indeed. Well, IFC Midnight has picked up the indie We Need to Do Something ahead of its Tribeca premiere. Um, and it's going to premiere in on, on demand September the 3rd. So it's just, I, I haven't actually read the book, but I know it's oh, just a single, single location. Yeah. What were you going to say then, sir? Really? Oh, sorry. Uh, the book is like a novella, uh, but it's amazing. It's really, it's no, no wonder it's been made into a film so quickly and. Mm. Um, you know, and it's getting received really well. Super cool. So, uh, basic synopsis is after Melissa and her family seek shelter from a storm, they become trapped with no sign of rescue. Hours turn to days, and Melissa becomes to realize that she and her girlfriend might have to do, might have something to do with the horrors that threaten to tear her family and the entire world apart. So, a single location movie where the stakes could tear the entire world apart. That's terrifying. So, yeah. Looking forward to that, and obviously it's awesome that that Max is is getting this made as well. Yeah, yeah. Very um, did we talk about um, that TV show? Them? Did we talk about that last, last week? No, I don't think we have. I think maybe you were gonna watch it. I haven't seen it. Have you seen any of it, Stu? No, no, not at all. No. Okay, I might be jumping the gun a bit first. Uh, so it was any other news? We just jump straight into the into the watching segment. Uh, no, not really any any other news. I was going to talk about the Resident Evil Village release, but I've been playing that, so I guess I'll talk about that in 
the next section. That probably makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, what have you been watching, Luke? Have you seen them? <laughs> no, I haven't, actually. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think um, we should be talking about it. I, I, weirdly, I just completely forgot that I'd watched it, and then I was looking for the news site, and I saw a picture, and I was like, oh, I, I watched that entire TV show in about two days. Um, it's uh, So the only reason I watched it is because people were telling me it's quite gruesome, uh, quite um, horrifying in a good way. Um, and then other people I saw were saying it's quite exploitative. So yeah, it's it's like that genre of the Jordan Peele genre, I guess you'd call it now, taking sort of um, horrendous racist things that have happened in the past and making horror entertainment out of it, which, I mean, is is kind of like a, the definition of an exploitation film. Uh, so then the TV show is uh, takes place in the 50s, um, a black family move to uh like a californian suburb they're one of the first black families to move into this uh neighborhood where every everyone's white and pristine you've got like the white picket fence uh fences and everyone works at the everyone's drinking a bottle of coke cola that kind of environment um and that's that's like the 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 root the seed of the horror that this kind of otherness uh but then it gets really stephen kingy like there's a lots of uh, actual horrendous monster kind of stuff going on as well. Um, I would say it's extremely like it. You can't stop watching it. Like it's extremely watchable. Um, it maybe is a bit um, exploitative, but I mean, we watch exploitation films all the time. That's like a, a lot of horror genre comes from that. Like, kind of... the wave of obviously from the success it, of Jordan Peele. Uh, the success of Get Out, um, because obviously there was that Antebellum as well, which I think wasn't great. I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's not so yeah. good. There seems to be this wave of sort of like Jordan Peele light. I would say Jordan Peele light films, just because they don't and seem to be as critically acclaimed. Um, Lovecraft County, yeah. Oh, you know what? I've not seen that either. That's been on my radar for absolutely well, ages. I could think about that one. But I think then maybe is is coming a little bit late in that way, which is, it was a very short way, but I guess, um, I would say I really liked it. It wasn't perfect, but in terms of a really scary, solid TV show, it's way better than like American horror story and those kind of things. Um, very tightly woven together. Very good. Yeah. I, I recommend it. Okay. Uh, so that is on Amazon prime. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stu, I was going to ask you, obviously, in terms of your YouTube channel and stuff, just going to ask you briefly before we talk about what you've been watching. Oh. Like, uh, what's your history with horror and what like, uh, what made you want to start a YouTube channel where you can't... Because I know your YouTube channel is not just horror movies. There's comic book stuff on there, gaming stuff. Uh, you did a Mortal Kombat video recently as well, which is awesome. Uh, so, yeah, what inspired you, I guess, to do horror movie countdowns as well? I mean, I... I think my obsession with horror comes from my mum. <laughs> She's a massive horror fan and oh, really? always got me into uh, like Hammer horror movies and things like that when I was really young. And that's what sort of started me on this sort of obsession where I just love the the sort of thrill that you get from horror movies. I don't think you get them from many other films or many other types of medium. It's, it just gets your blood going. And I just found that I just really resonated with a lot of those um, sort of older films. And then 
when I was a teenager, me and uh, one of my best friends would just... Uh, ridiculously obsessed with going to uh, various shops and just getting like the whole collection of certain things. So all the Friday the 13th, all the Nightmare on Elm Streets, you know, all those franchises are just caning them in a weekend. So, um, you know, so that that was, you know, me growing up and I've just always loved it ever since. And then um, I've always been a, a fan of YouTube and I've always wanted to do something on there and I didn't know what. And uh, and I think because I do um, the gigs that I do, uh, where where they're kind of like um, live gigs that have we have three bands and we also have like a, a sort of drag queen or king as a host. Um, so it's like a sort of punk cabaret. And then at the end of the night, um, I usually get up on stage and sort of thank everyone. So it's a bit more like a sort of event, an occasion than just a gig. Uh, and that sort of spurred me on and gave me a little bit more confidence and then last year in lockdown uh, me and my friend Claire did uh, a music show on uh, Twitch and um, we were just trying to help out sort of music artists because obviously no one was being helped in the pandemic Um, so we were just getting like loads of unsigned bands and stuff on there and I honestly I never thought I'd do anything like that it was one of those uh, sort of situations where I was like yeah okay I'll see you how it goes and I yeah I just really enjoyed it and so that kind of gave me the confidence to go actually I'm just gonna try a YouTube channel and uh and I did it well I did my first video on New Year's Eve this year so I only just started it this year but I'm loving it and uh and I think when it started it was just going to be playthroughs so it's just going to be me playing video games and sort of chatting about them uh, and then I found that it was a bit restrictive I found that I was like constantly thinking oh now I've definitely got to finish this game now i've just started it um and so i did uh <laughs> yeah i did a top 20 you know where you, you just think yeah. oh damn it i've started something now and i can't finish it um mm. so i i did a, a top 20 uh horror games that was uh the, the start of it and i then i realized that i just wanted to do lots of different kinds of content so now i'm doing a little bit of everything and uh I'm really enjoying the horror stuff, so I'm probably going to go more down that route than uh, anything else at the minute. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. As I mentioned before, we'll we'll put the links to Stu's uh, YouTube channel in the in the show notes. I love a good top ten list. Yeah, it's mostly you. it's it's because mm. obviously you, you want to see what someone's top ten is as well, don't you? Because it's a little part of you is like you want to discover stuff you you have no idea exists, but another part of you wants to be like. I don't agree. <laughs> I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not the YouTube commenter who goes, "This list is terrible." What about this? What about yeah. that? So, Missing yeah. this invalid. Yeah, invalid. <laughs> Delete yeah, yourself from. Yeah. <laughs> but, Delete but, yeah, this. From watching your your fan footage movie uh, list, I. Uh, Oh, wait, no. So it was 10 fine footage horror movies you might have missed. I read the wrong title previously for the wrong video. 10 <laughs> horror movie hidden gems was a different one. Uh, yeah, so there were plenty on there that I hadn't seen before. And one of them was today's movie. And I'd never seen it before. It was the first time watching that. Yeah, so that's cool. So, yeah, what have you watched anything of note this week, Stu? Uh, we are watching Penny Dreadful, which I absolutely oh, okay. Love. Um, so I've seen the first two seasons before and I was, uh, speaking to my other half about it and saying how amazing it is. 
Um, and then I was just like, do you know what? I'm just going to buy the box set because I want to see how it ends. And uh, two episodes in, and he's absolutely obsessed with it now. And uh, so now we've just got to cane the whole thing. And now we're on season two. But I think anyone who watches that and is into horror, if you don't like it by the end of episode two, there's something wrong with you. Because, <laughs> like, the, the seance episode with Evergreen. And your horror code back, horror card back. Give me it, horror fan. You're not allowed to watch okay. anymore. That's it. It's, it's just so ridiculously good. The seance episode is so good. And it's just got, well, the end of series um, of episode two, sorry, it's just got a really good twist in it. Um, and yeah, ever since then, we've, uh, you know, we've been caning that. So I'm trying to get to season three as quick as I can, because I know that's the final season and that's the one I haven't seen. Uh, okay. Josh Harner's in it as well. I don't see much of him these days, do you? Yeah. Uh, oh, and Eva, and Eva Green, of course. Uh, I don't really know that much about it. So is it just like, uh, well, give me... Quick. So it's a uh, sort of Victorian horror show that basically goes through all of the uh, sort of universal monsters. So you've got like, you, you know, your werewolf, Dracula, Dorian Gray, you know, Frankenstein, all those things. But they, they do a, a twist on it. Um, and a, a Penny Dreadful was a, a, a short story um, you know, back in the sort of 1800s that was uh, basically sold for a penny and they were meant to be these sort of horrible, like tacky, almost like little horror shorts. And that's why it's called that. So it became, you know, a, a sort of TV series that was more about like the the sort of twist that, that they can do on these sort of classic tales. Um, there's a, spin, I, there's yeah. a spin-off as well, isn't there? There is. Uh, apparently it's not that good. And the spin-off isn't like a sort of Victorian tv series uh, is like okay. set a few years later and it's in america um mm. so i might check that out but i've been told that it's it's not as good mm. okay i've not seen it so that's something i could possibly check out uh anything else anyone's watched this week um no i've been playing lots of game lots of us lots of a certain game <laughs> not not a game that everyone else has been playing Oh, you're one of those guys, are you? Like, I'm playing something. I'm playing someone else, guys. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm ahead of the curve. I'm behind the curve. I'm weaving uh, around the curve. Uh, <laughs> what have you, have you been well, playing? What have you been playing? Go on. Yeah, yeah. I've finished it now. Uh, it's really good. Have we, I've talked about it last week, right? I think. Yeah, you have. Stu's playing yeah. control as well. Yes. Three control players together. It's weird. I uh, was really into it. I was like, what is it about it? I mean, it's obviously the David Lynch element stuff, and it's got the kind of a Twin Peaksy vibe at times, and it's got, um, you know, X Files kind of fringe. It gets a bit fringy at times. Uh, but then I, I was reading some interviews with some of the writers, and they were talking about how their main influence was the genre of new weird, which is like such a great fiction genre, uh, Annihilation. Uh, there's Jeff, Jeff Vandermeer stuff all comes under that. Um, they said they were talking about they watched uh, Tarkovsky's Stalker and all this kind of stuff. But I've, I've always really, really liked, and I think that's the vibe. That kind of it's not quite horror, but it's just unusual. Like I don't know it, that that weirdness is really, uh, really interesting and really tasty. It mm. brings Alan Wake into it as well, doesn't it? Yeah, in the um, in the DLC, uh, there's two DLCs. As soon as oh, you think, finish the game, Alan Wake starts like, talking. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think I've accidentally gone into some DLC because I've got the Ultimate Edition. So I think I've gone into an area where some DLC has happened because I've seen Alan Wake stuff. Mm. So 
but yeah, I love it. The, the whole aesthetic of the game is like yeah, perfect. Yeah, and and the contr- yeah. all the controls. I had, I started playing a new game and I couldn't shake the controls. I kept trying to like. <laughs> kept trying to like grab things with telekinesis and i'm like can't do that in this game and unfortunately in the new game i've been playing that that's like the healing button so i've been wasting so much so many healing <laughs> items by trying to do fucking telekinesis <laughs> jesus so you've been playing a game that the entire internet has been playing right yeah i have i have indeed um i just because i just had to you know i had to dive straight in and i finished it now uh I just couldn't I couldn't put it down and I was so scared of like spoilers because I think I'd seen a few YouTube thumbnails where it was like the top 10 most shocking moments in Resident Evil Village and like what ending does this explained. mean ending yeah. explained and boss battles and yeah easter eggs all that stuff so I was like right, I'm going to have to knuckle down and finish it uh which I did um I'll probably need a bit more time to truly you know digest it and think about what i actually thought because i only finished it probably about 6 30 today <laughs> only, a couple, only a couple of hours ago uh but yeah i think initially like obviously it, the fact that you mentioned uh just then about penny dreadful stew with all vampires and werewolves and frankensteins and stuff it leans heavily into gothic horror and right. sort of classic classic monsters i think obviously everybody does know that so that's not i'm not going to spoil anything um it does feel like a sequel, but I think it also stands alone really well. If you didn't play Resident Evil Seven, you really wouldn't. It really wouldn't matter if you just dive straight into this. Um, and it does feel like more experimental in places. I've read a lot of people saying, "Well, I've seen some reviews saying the horror isn't so varied," but I think it's probably one of the most varied games of any main installment of resident evil and it's just really rewarding like the puzzle solving treasure finding there's a real emphasis on exploration and i just really enjoyed that i was worried it was going to be a really linear experience mm-hmm. um because obviously resident evil 7 was it was kind of linear there weren't so many enemy types and it felt like it kind of it was very very cinematic so even though it's great it's amazing. It's one of my favorites. But this one, I felt like just took a bit more. It sounds ridiculous. Took a bit more of a step back and then maybe took about 10 steps forwards <laughs> at a certain point. It's, uh, it's insane. So do you, do you prefer eight to seven? As I said, it's really hard to say because they're very, very different games. Mm. At the moment, I feel like I prefer eight to seven. And I really like seven. Like seven's up there. But. Yeah, something about this is and very, very reminiscent of Resident Evil 4. And I really enjoyed that. Like it just felt like in terms of the vibes, it felt like the gameplay was more Resident Evil 7. But in terms of the vibes, very Resident Evil 4 and even some bits later in the game. Again, not going to spoil anything, but it almost felt like I was dropped straight back into that time when I was playing Resident Evil 4 for the first time. Mm -hmm. However many years ago on the GameCube. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's great, and I'm probably going to play it. Well, there's a Mercenaries mode as well, which is back for the first time since Resident Evil 5, possibly. So, yeah. There is a bit more action in some areas, but, you know, it's it's very, very enjoyable. I highly recommend it, and it's definitely, definitely lived up to the hype. A lot of people saying, you know, a lot in, in the demos and, and a lot of the footage we've seen of it so far are pretty spoilerific. No way. There's so much to find out and it's it's great i love nice. it 
How many green herbs out of ten? Right now, maybe nine point five. Oh, wow. That might drop back. That might drop back when I've had some more time to think about it. It might go up if I play it again. I think, I, I think I'm going to play it again on like the. Because pretty much every time I play a new game, especially a horror game, definitely a horror game, always play on like standard, medium <coughs> mode. But second playthrough, I'll try and see how hard I can do it. See how hard I can take it. <laughs> Come on, Resi. Are you uh, much- a Resi fan, Stu? I I am. I'm one of those weird Resi fans where I quite enjoyed that the uh, the sort of action phase of, of Resident Evil. So like four, five, and six really did it for me, especially um, playing five and six co-op as well. I I really mm-hmm. did that. Um, and I yeah I I do like those. I think seven I'd only played for the first time last year. I, I bought it when we were in lockdown and played it on our projector and was absolutely terrified <laughs> to the point where yeah. I was like, I think I want to turn the lights on now. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty scary. And also it was one of those games uh, where I, I really like the feeling in horror games where you just don't want to turn the corner. You don't want to go any further. You're like, yeah, yeah. I think I'm, good. I'm just going to go back. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tactical so, backtrack. There, there were a few moments, uh, a couple in particular in this game where I could bear, I was walking forward in, at such a slow pace yeah. as the, as the shadows like slowly, slowly parted and it was horrific, sweaty, sweaty palms. And I think I even said at one point, this is supposed to be fun. And I feel like, I, I feel like I want to die. I'm just gonna have to have a break from it. Let's have a break. If I have yeah. five minutes. Yeah. I feel like those games, if I don't just keep my finger on the, if I don't like blue tack the the analog stick to the forward bit, I just won't go anywhere. <laughs> so I just have to constantly press forward. Uh, I captured a certain moment, and obviously, in a few months or however long, I will I will share it. But uh, yeah, it might genuinely be one of the most tense moments from the series. And they, and obviously, talking about tense moments in the series, there are probably like a hundred you could think of. Mm-hmm. But this is just a really because you just have no idea what's going to happen and how it's going to happen so yeah good times good times i'm so glad that i enjoyed it because i was a tiny bit worried when i thought when i first saw the trailer i was like vampires werewolves i know they're bioweapons but what the hell is going on but yeah so there we go but that's pretty much all i've done this week I, i've seen a couple of things but um nothing much other than playing resident yeah. evil so that's it Cool. Um, anything else you've seen or, or played or, or done, stick? Not really. I've mostly been playing the Avengers game because I, I love that at the minute. Um, so I've been playing a lot of that and I went back to Mortal Kombat because of the new movie. So I went back to Mortal yeah. Kombat 11 and uh, did a little bit of the story on that again just because I love it. But apart from that, another, yeah. Just... We can get another opinion on Mortal Kombat then, Luke. Jeez, oh. what, did you th- what did you think? I am a massive Mortal Kombat fan, as you can tell, because I did a whole video on it, um, and I actually really liked it. I, uh, I I watched it and thought, do you know what? That entertained me, and it was good in the parts I needed to be good. It was, you know, the special effects kind of held up. Everyone looked great. The script left a lot to be desired, and um, <laughs> uh, and this there's just tiny little bits in it that would be just made so much better if they just had either the tiniest bit of exposition or uh, just a hint at someone's backstory. 
it would have been just a million times better. Um, Cole Young just had no reason to be in it at all. They just like they just didn't didn't do it for me. But um, I wouldn't mind if they gave Cole Young a cool something interesting about him. Yeah, but he just he was so bland compared to. He all, a, like all the other characters, he had, a, he had a suit that looked like he was a basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked a like hamper. A yeah. yeah, and um, and the fact that he just got his ass handed to him for the whole film, <laughs> like yeah. all of a sudden at the end, he just becomes this great fighter. But like for most of the film, he just got the, the crap kicked out of him. Um, so yeah, I mean the changes to the law and all that stuff, like it's all obviously studio related isn't it it's just a, like them thinking that they they know best but yeah I, for what it is i really enjoyed it it's still you know it's it's still on a par i think with uh with the, the 95 one mm, yeah i've not yeah. seen the 95 movie in so long so I, yeah, same here i think i've still seen it in, in gift form more than yeah she's seen it in the movie <laughs> uh yeah cool there we go so Chat about today's movie then, called The Taking of Deborah Logan. Uh, the Taking of Deborah Logan is a 2014 American found footage supernatural horror film. It is the feature film directorial debut of Adam Robitel, who co wrote the screenplay and edited the film of Gaff- Gavin Hefferman. Heffernan. I think you say Gaffer Tape. Edited the film of Gaffer Tape. <laughs> Gaffer Tape. <laughs> uh, the film stars Jill Larson, Anne Ramsey, and Michelle Ang. Set in Virginia, it tells the story of a documentary crew making a film about Alzheimer's patients who uncover something sinister while documenting a woman who has the disease. Yes, so IMDb has it at 6 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is 91%, the audience score is 48%. Uh, Letterbox has it as an average of 3.1 out of 5. Some choice Letterbox reviews here. Uh, El Vacasi says, I feel like a shitty person, but I've never laughed so hard in my life. La 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 lol. Five stars. (laughs) 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 Uh, Michael Vincent said, My boyfriend spewed chunks during this movie. Don't recommend. Half a star. Is that related uh, to the movie, or was it like? A... I don't know. Just doesn't recommend the boy having a boyfriend that spews chunks. Food, I boy. guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matthew M. So M. Matthew Ryan says this is literally a Blair Witch remake. There's even a fucking house. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Not a house. <laughs> oh, I hate when they put houses in films. <laughs> I can't remember who the house is. Obviously, influenced by Blair Witch. (laughs) It's a pretty good horror movie house. I love those houses that have just got so many attic spaces and little alcoves and creepy little bits. It reminded me a bit of the house, but sort of on a smaller, on a bigger scale. Sorry, reminded me a bit of the house from Relic. um, Yeah, with all those little winding corridors and alcoves and hidden bits and yeah, be good to explore in a video game situation. I think, but. uh, Pretty terrifying. Like a sim sort of horror PT style game. Uh, last last one here from Cassius. I just got to say, if you find this maybe scary, or even some little twelve year old, or have a walnut for a brain, half a star. <laughs> 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 kind of the same thing. Little twelve year old yeah. walnut brains. 
well, to, what's not to find scary about it, though? You know, like there's so many real life horrors and the horror of of the, the degenerative disease, as well as creepy, uh, ghostly demon things, French demons. Yeah. Well, found footage movies, I think, even if they're kind of crap, they're still kind of scary. Like, there is something, there's like a first-person narrative, like finding a journal entry, that kind of short story, that's quite scary. Or like, um, uh, or a podcast that's sort of, you know, these sort of diary podcast things where someone's like, oh, I found a tape, this is what the tape said, oh, I'm dead. Those kind of uh, scary podcasts, (laughs) short stories. Um, yeah, but like the found, the found footage, there's something about, even though it's obviously not real, but there is there is some there's some kind of suspension of disbelief that you by watching it you're agreeing to, oh yeah, someone's found this footage. I mean, the Blair Witch obviously did this the the best. Oh, this could be real. There is something still in that, even in the really bad ones. Well, maybe not the really bad ones. Even in the kind of bad ones, there's still something in you that goes, oh, this this. Could be real, even though you know it's not. Like it's easier to suspend your disbelief when yeah. there's no tracking shots. Stu, or... why would you say that this made your list of fine footage horror movies? Uh, I think it was quite unexpected. There was a, a, a sort of sharp left turn in the narrative, as as we'll go through later. That um, that all of a sudden made me go, okay, I wasn't expecting that. And also, there's um, that one scene at the end that no one can forget. The the <laughs> The scene <laughs> that we'll talk yeah. about later. That you, you, you yeah, you just. It's uh, like, what is she? Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, the, the sort of camera goes around and you go, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And then, yeah, um, and then you, you're like, okay, cool. Well, I've got to show everyone I've ever met now because I've had to see what? it. So, yeah. <laughs> what um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like, you know, found footage movies, I think you're, you're definitely right. Like, if. Um, if you're watching something like that and you see this sort of, you know, grainy mini DV camcorder footage, that all of a sudden something in your brain says, oh, God, this is totally real or could be real. And then the more I watch, like, fan footage movies that have got, like, high-def cameras, like As Above, So Below, love that film, but it looks way too shiny for me. And mm-hmm. <laughs> therefore, I was like, yeah, I'm in it, but I'm also not in it. <laughs> it's like, Let's just get yeah. the lighting set up before. Yeah. Before this ter- terrible thing happens, just make sure. Yeah. yeah. Also, this was... this for a found footage movie. This has a distinct lack of, I guess you call it, uh, distortion jump scares, where the 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 camera just starts to squeak and and yeah. goes all crackly, and you're supposed to find oh something terrifying is happening, but it's just confusion. Very, I was very happy about that because I think the jump scare. Well, there were several scares. But the jumpy scares kind of felt earned as well. They didn't feel like it was just, you know, going dark and then suddenly a big scary face right in the camera for whatever reason. Yeah. And also, it's one of those films, with a lot of fine footage films, you do find yourself saying, why are they still filming? You do yeah. say that all the time. <laughs> and at least this kind of sets it up. The one thing I kind of find a little bit difficult to believe is if you're going to go and film somebody who may or may not, who may have Alzheimer's disease and sort of document that in a sensitive way, would you set up cameras in the house? I don't yeah. know. It seems a bit unnecessary, but I guess I could kind of look. I could kind of look past that um, for whatever reason. But yeah, I like the way, where it went. I 
this was one of those films where there's a few exor- modern exorcism films that I have skipped, and I really do like exorcism films. The Exorcist is one of my favourite movies. But this one, I haven't seen The Exorcism of Emily Rose. not seen that, and I know that's a... Is that what it's called? Mm. Um, that's, that's the one with Deborah from Dexter, right? Yeah. Is that one? Yeah. Yeah. There's a few... This This sort of wave in the sort of, what, from probably like 2008 through to... 2015 of there being like these exorcism movies i kind of skipped out on i don't know why i don't know whether there was just something about them that didn't appeal to me too much this was one of them despite the fact that the poster and that sort of image of of deborah logan and jill larson who obviously the performance is is outstanding Mm. um in terms of you know it could be very very easy to get this performance completely wrong and dial it up to 11 and make it really over the top but it feels like it's a genuine portrayal of somebody experiencing something like this. I mean, I've witnessed something similar, not a not a demonic possession or, or Is that where like your hair went? Hightailed it out of there as soon as that happened. What what happened? My hair got sucked off, did you say? Yes. Yeah, by the possessed grandma or whoever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. That's a, that is a horror movie. That's grandma sucking you off. Your hair off. Sorry. That's what I meant. Uh, no, don't, don't. I mean, maybe for a second. No, no. Get off. Are you still recording? Uh, okay. what's, really, what's really bad is that I was trying to be quite sincere then. And I, and it's, it's Sorry. Smutty. Let me try and be sincere. I've kind of, I've witnessed firsthand, you know, somebody somebody suffering with dementia so i kind of understand he's, he's laughed at that <laughs> he didn't know what that's still say. laughing at the, the previous thing yeah yeah that's right laugh it up um so yeah that kind of made me feel like this performance felt really genuine to me and it felt like it represented that in a way that didn't feel exploitative <laughs> exploitative um so yeah, so it really like resonated with me, and I was really like impressed, and I think that's why I was so invested in in this film and sort of where it went after that. Yeah, uh, uh, some I of the criticisms I saw were about were about the Alzheimer's element, like oh you are pretending that people with Alzheimer's is a demonic possession. Do you know what I mean? There's lots of people complaining about that. I mean that's not actually technically true in the story. Uh, I think because she's ill it's easier for her to become possessed. I mean, that was the idea. Yeah. Uh, but how do you feel about that? Like this being used as a, as a plot device, basically. Um, I, the, the things that I wasn't particularly set on were the reactions of the other characters to her Alzheimer's symptoms. I just mm. think like a lot of people were making it worse and, you know, something you would never ever do to somebody who has Alzheimer's or dementia or something is show them a recording of something they were doing while they were in any sort of state where they weren't quite themselves. Like that is going to terrify somebody to the point of possibly no return. Like that felt like that was like that. Why are you doing that? And the way everyone kind of like surrounded her while she was having an episode and kind of smothered her in a way or like micromanaged every single element of everything she was doing though. That stuff was a bit like this isn't correct and you know you wouldn't want 
um, a film crew document it in that way. If someone was suffering from Alzheimer's disease, maybe interview the person, interview the family, talk about things like that. Don't document every waking moment of that person's life because, you know, we understand what goes into it. We don't need to see, you know, mm-hmm. her, um, teleporting up onto the <laughs> kitchen worktop. <laughs> yeah. Get your feet down off of there. <laughs> Disgusted. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of a plot point, uh, uh, sorry, being used as a plot device, I think apart from all that stuff, which I just said, apart from that, I think it's fine. It it kind of makes sense that, that they obviously it was somebody that she'd been involved with. Well, I'm spoiling that, but you know, we're going to be spoiling the hell out of this film anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it was effective. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So, this is the first time watching you, Ben. Uh, Stu, you've watched it once before or more than uh, that? Uh, yeah, I've seen it twice now. I watched it a couple of nights ago just to refresh. Cool. Um, I mean, so who, I, I don't recognize any, any actresses or actresses, actors or actresses even. Um, they're all kind of unfamiliar faces, right? I don't think there's anyone in there that I was aware of. It's strange. Obviously, it doesn't look like Jill Larson's. It looks like she's acted from the seventies all the way through to her last movie in twenty eighteen. With such a performance like this, mm-hmm. it's almost like this is one of those performances where you're like, it's such a shame that horror films and horror performances. I mean, I know we've had a few over the recent few years and stuff, but it's such a shame they don't get recognised more in sort of mainstream award ceremonies. I know they don't really mean much, but to some people they do. And obviously to the actors themselves, probably a lot more than we give them credit for. So yeah, mm. this is one of those performances where I was like, I'm surprised we didn't find like hear more about how good this performance was. It kind of just, for me at least, it kind of went under the radar. Yeah, I think the the main characters as well, obviously um, Deborah Logan and her daughter, like the performances between both of them just really made it shine like it it felt very natural in a way that a lot of found footage obviously they're meant to sort of act as natural as possible but sometimes even that goes a bit too far and you you don't really believe some of the the things that they do or say but in this for some reason those two just felt like mother and daughter and uh, you know obviously Jill Larson as you say is it just does such an incredible job of sort of bringing that character to life but all the different parts of that character as well so sometimes you do feel yeah. sort of empathetic towards her and you do feel like, I feel very sorry for you because of what you're going through. And then all of a sudden in the next scene, she's, you know, terrifying and scuttling around in a nighty and stuff. And yeah, <laughs> so it's, um, yeah. yeah, it was a very nuanced um, and interesting relationship between mother and daughter as well. Mm. Um, I'm glad that it was, it was given a bit of history. They were given a bit of history um, and it wasn't sort of straightforward. It's like a, you know, it would have been very easy to go loving mother and daughter who've had no problems in her relationship. And now she's going, she's suffering with Alzheimer's and daughter reacts. A, mm. um, it was just interesting to see sort of some history between them be discussed from, um, Anne Ramsey playing Sarah Logan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just felt like it just felt believable and it felt like it was given time to really breathe and, and with each scene it felt like every scene you know, sometimes when in found footage when characters are sat around chatting it is nothing but exposition you know setting up the next possible scare or, or possible terrifying moment 
but yeah, this just felt like it was really taking its time to sort of flesh out these characters. Yeah, I mean, when they sort of sit down and all have a drink together on the porch and and Anne Ramsey's talk, it basically is, you know, a, a really great sort of queer representation that of, you know, in, in Anne Ramsey. And, um, and when she's talking about how she kind of, uh, you know, kissed a girl for the first time when she was really young and her mum reacted really badly and, you know, she got sent away to boarding school and things like that. And you you could tell that that's where some of the tension has come from. And they, they didn't do it in a way that was like, you know, sort of trying to make it into this big issue. It was more like this is coming out because she's getting drunk kind of thing. And um, mm. and it just seemed very natural. It was just a really nice way of sort of putting in, um, you know, a, a queer character, but not making it a, a big deal kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and for me, that was really great to see because like a lot of queer characters don't really um, sort of get uh, any good roles in, in horror movies. Yeah, I really liked that yeah. character in this. Um, <clears throat> really interesting, really fun to watch. Uh, or really interesting to watch. She also had like the like her expression. She's got like a kind of beatific, weathered. She's kind of tired of all the stress that she's going through, looking after her, her mum and that. It just seemed really kind of real. More so, I've got to say that the, the camera crew uh, people, I didn't really get as much of a sense of like they were real people. <laughs> they felt a bit kind of avatarish in a way. Especially uh, one dude who, like, I swear, didn't really even get that many r- words. He didn't really get that many li- get that many words. Man. He did not get words out of mouth. Uh, yeah, the cameraman dude. He was like, at one point, I was like, has he gone home? And then he turned up again. I was like, no, he's still there. He's still there. Uh, and I was, yeah, there was two, just two guys in beanies. That's all I kept thinking. Just like, yeah, like, all right, lads, how cold is it? He couldn't just um, use a tripod. Instead of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor poor Anne Ramsey getting her, her clothing choices slated by her mum constantly. She had a lovely t-shirt of a tiger on. And I was like, absolutely love that t-shirt. And then <laughs> Deborah Logan's like, oh, I hate that t-shirt. Oh, yeah. I want to so get possessed by a French murderer. <laughs> What's that? That's what she said. She was like, Deborah Logan's like, why can't you put a nice blouse on? She's like, I haven't got a nice blouse, mum. like, <laughs> 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 so, that's the thing like it's it seems that she's still not accepted her yeah. daughter's sexuality yeah. like all these years later when she sent her what did she do send her to boarding school sure. um, yeah, yeah. but this is the thing this is what, why i really appreciated um sarah logan's character because despite everything that her mum's put her through not been accepting of her she's still there and she's still so determined to essentially save her like throughout the movie like plenty of times where you go i have literally had enough i'm out of my depth yeah. uh, <laughs> there's nothing i could do for you um i'm just gonna go off or just gonna put you in a home or a hospital or something that could you know so many other characters would have possibly done that or suggested that but she never ever did she was constantly and even when the neighbor as well was just like saying look the film crew are being are here to exploit her um i'm gonna send them away i'm gonna get rid of them even then uh and uh, sorry sarah logan was like no they're here to help they're not going anywhere so yeah, which they good. were as well. I mean, obviously, we yeah. found out really early on that their their intentions weren't exactly very good when they sort of, she lied to Deborah Logan and said that her grandfather had had Alzheimer's. And then she sort of turns around and says... Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, she said, said, oh, you know, she didn't know that. She doesn't need to know that, but my grandfather hadn't had Alzheimer's. And already you're like, okay, you guys are really shady. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's why when it gets to the, the scene where they're showing her 
you know, one of her episodes, you know, and, and showing her on the iPad kind of saying, like, this is what you did last night, that you're, you know that their intentions are to exploit her anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's when yeah. I was, okay, that's fine. I, you know, you wouldn't do that in real life, but I could tell that these guys are, you know, yeah, not six, the only days as well. They're students or something, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bloody students. Bloody <laughs> yeah. Students. They're all the same, trying to exploit elderly women with Alzheimer's disease for their own gain. <laughs> Sixty <laughs> days as well. They were there. I was like, can you imagine that? Like being told, oh, we're going to make a movie about uh, a woman who's got Alzheimer's disease, right? Sixty days, live in, <laughs> staying with her. You'd be like, can we just stay for a week? 60 days i suppose i suppose maybe that was their intention initially was to stay for a couple of weeks but as things progressed and mm. got more and more they converted like one of the bedrooms into like an editing station oh yeah <laughs> like they had like a, a brand new desk a couple of imax <laughs> surround sound uh system there yeah green screen Start ordering some new curtains. Like it could look nicer in here. <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to stay for house. days. I feel like I've seen that house in a horror movie before. Maybe it's just one of those houses. It kind of rem- what the like pillars like is that what you call them at the front of the house? Colonnades, Col- Col- uh, sticky, sticky bit, sticky front bits. <laughs> <laughs> the, the house of the sticky out front bits. Yes, it's just the right. Buttress. I guess maybe. <laughs> There are definitely no houses in the UK that look like that. I was like, oh. Yeah. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I want to live with something like that, but possibly be terrified as well. <laughs> so, uh, so how does it start? So, um, the team oh, okay. turn up didn't they, at, at Deborah's house and say that they're here to make this documentary. Uh, they've been driving a long time and they go and find Deborah, who's digging a hole or possibly filling a hole with her neighbor. Yeah. Uh, what's the neighbor's name? Harris. Harris, yeah. Harris, yeah. Um, and initially, like Deborah's reluctant, she's a bit like, oh, I kind of having second thoughts of uh, initially. I know I said I was going to, and then we see like a conversation. The sneaky filmmakers are spying on them, and that is when Sarah's kind of trying to convince her to do it as well. Because I think they, they're getting paid, aren't they? They're getting paid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have some kind of grant thing going on. Yeah. Um, 
that was weird. The, she says, no, I don't want her to film me. Uh, and the way to try and win around is by just sneakily filming her through a window. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to be filmed. What if we did it and you never knew it was happening? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. It feels worse. <laughs> yeah. Deborah Logan, like, right from the start, she look, I mean, she looks most normal at the start, but she doesn't look quite normal. <laughs> like, she's, she's kind of starey, uh, kind of... In fact, Ben, you... you you stood in front of her in a minute um, with her crazy eyes. Yeah. Just <laughs> I mean, a, a strange... strange this, uh, this shot has been altered because she's definitely not got fog lights for eyes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess she looks a bit like... Almost that she's trying you know, Mac to... G. She looks like Mac the alien in a wig. <laughs> oh. <laughs> At the end. <laughs> At the end. <laughs> <laughs> not right now. You're not saying she does now. Now she kind of looks a bit like she's kind of cover up something by trying to act normal. She's trying to like yeah. put put on a good front for you know her family and and this this documentary film crew um, without appearing like. But deep down, you know, maybe she's struggling with something. Yeah, that's how I yeah. felt anyway. But, um, yeah, and I think we get a little bit of background about her years when she was younger. She was like a switchboard operator, but it was in her house. Is that right? I guess they got to take that home, that switchboard machine. <laughs> yeah. You used to take it to work every day. <laughs> Where the big wheeler is. Ride it. She yeah. was working from home before it was cool. She was switchboarding yeah. operating all over the place. We got some pretty good uh, of her like switchboarding really quickly as well, which was impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> DJing. Uh, yeah, so I guess that this initial stage of the of the movie is just trying to show the slow degeneration of her and how various bizarre actions across a certain amount of days. Um, and we see there's some medical stuff as well. Talk to some doctors who are saying she's got an aggressive form of Alzheimer's got worse. Then they say it's got worse at some point as well. Got worse than they initially thought it was. Um, she's on a load of medication. Um, but yeah, I think in this initial stage, nobody thinks look, Something supernatural is afoot. Yeah, it's played very straight. There's also lots of, uh, I don't know, it's, it is kind of studenty, but the music choices are kind of uh, uplifting but somber kind of piano pop pieces. And it all feels like a, a pretty standard documentary. Um, there's lots of like talking head bits where they're talking to Harris, um, uh, the neighbor about about Deborah, and, the, and he's like, don't. I can't really so obviously he likes her, uh, and then they um, they talk to the doctor. She's in the talking head. Um, it also feels very normal documentary esque. Nothing feels unusual mm-hmm. at all until I mean, even I don't know. Is when is when does it start getting creepy? Uh, is the she rips the... a piece of her throat out? Still <laughs> <laughs> then. Oh yeah. <laughs> That is a bit yeah. odd, now you yeah. think about it. That is a bit odd. So yeah. she, like, accuses... Initially, I was like, what is she saying? But she was accusing one of the documentary dudes of, like, stealing her spade. Yeah. So she, or, like, little... So she's... There's no, we didn't mention she's, like, a keen gardener. That's kind of what she does with a lot of her time. And a little trowel thing. Uh, for some reason, she's just decided that um, the... Is it the camera... Not the camera guy, is it? Who is he? Is he the sound guy? Yeah. One of the beanie... One of the guys yeah, in a, a beanie... <laughs> Yeah, he's like you start, and 
Is she threatening him with a knife at this point? Yeah, he climbs through the window. He stands on a kitchen counter as well. What is yeah. with people standing on the kitchen counter? I don't think Very I've stood on a dumb. kitchen counter in my whole life. I've <laughs> laid guys. on a, never lay on, lay on, one, on a hot summer. It's like, I can't get cold. And then and you just lay, lay on the kitchen counter. It's really refreshing. Well, with your head in the freezer. <laughs> I think you've told me that before. No, you've said that. You've told me that before. I've gone, Luke, you've laid really on my kitchen counter before. I have laid on your kitchen It's good. I mean, now we're, this is when I was like 11. I'm not too sure if I'll fit on it anymore. I, I could, but probably like, I'd have to go diagonally. Like, the kitchen's not big enough for that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that keeps happening for some reason. People are jumping up and yeah, so again, this is the reaction. She is, it, like, it's a, it is an extreme episode where she's screaming and shouting, yes. But it's sort of that thing of everybody surrounding her, camera in the face, people screaming and shouting. I was just like, wow, this is just insane. It feels like it's not the right way to deal with it. But, you know, I guess it wasn't the most realistic portrayal of that. Yeah. And then they, they do find the little mini spaders in the freezer. I think they find it eventually. So obviously... It's chalked off at that point as being, oh, uh, Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> yeah. Deborah. It was in the freezer with the magnums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> magnums in, in the US. Trowels. Yeah. Trowels. <laughs> the trowel was in there. Uh, yeah. And then obviously, then watched you, what you just mentioned. There is a throat cutting out bit, which you could kind of see coming. Or, you know, approaching somebody who's looking out of a window, approaching them from behind with a little hand, getting ready to turn them around as slow as possible. Uh, I thought yeah. that was weird. At that point, they don't know she's, like, got a knife or doing anything dodgy. And they're treating her like she's a ghost. Like, mm-hmm. they're yeah. kind of sneaking up to her. That felt like, wouldn't, at that point, wouldn't they just say, they turn the light on and say, Deborah, stop it, what are you doing? Attack her with a cushion or something i don't know i've never there is a few, there are a few i know they are freaked out by her and her behaviors but there are a few moments where they kind of walk into the room i think even sarah at one point is like you go first <laughs> it's like yeah it's your mum's house um but yeah there's a few occasions where i mean i kind of understand it but they're still sort of approaching it like there is definitely a supernatural being going to be in there when in reality like it's just your mum no matter, well, I suppose. I suppose as it goes on, they're starting to believe that it is something else. After that, first thing you do though is get the knife out of her hand. Yeah. Right at the start of that whole scenario, are you all right? You're still having an episode. You hold on to that knife for comfort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lovely cooling break. What she had? She just had a lozenge stuck in her throat, and she couldn't get it out. What happens? I'm gonna cut it out. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, and then what's the next again it, these incidents are split up with fairly normal behavior from deborah um obviously lots of her not remembering the day before when she did act like that um and i guess everybody's reaction to it as well uh yeah when, when did they record her and it ends and it turns out she's speaking french um, I feel like that's like a good 45 minutes into it. Mm. I'm, I'm sure there's quite a bit into it, but um, they go to get her from the bed. Oh, no, I think one of them says she's gone. Like the, 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 the daughter of the character is like, she's missing. 
uh, and then they find that door open that's never open. Um, it's like a oh, hidden yeah. attic room. And then she says, you go f- first to the cameraman. Uh, and then they see her naked, sat at her switchboard, and she's like plugging stuff in, and she starts talking uh, like really low guttural voices. Although, I, I, I say, I think we've missed a bit. There's a bit earlier on where she nails the window shut, and she's like talking as if there's something outside. There's a man outside in the garden or something. Um, and then at some point they find her out. They, they, there's like blood on the nails and stuff. And she's she's ripped it open and climbed outside. And she's in the middle of the garden, uh, attacking the floor or, or running around. I'm not entirely sure. Um, digging. Is she is she just like that, digging. That's the bit where she gets possessed, right? I feel like that's the that's the turning point. Well. She was digging in the same place where they were digging at the start of the film. That's what I kind of got from that. Was that right? Or did yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. It felt it felt like that was what they were doing. Um, yeah. Isn't there a moment as well where the cameraman? She's giving the cam, not the cameraman, the other dude. Who is that dude? The editor. <laughs> she's giving him a bit of jip again. Um, she tur- He's like he's walking around in the dark, and she appears. And what does she say? Ayo. Says something. Ayo, <laughs> Chuck. And there's a weird moment where the window light is open when she didn't move. Is that right? Yeah. So he he shows them the footage afterwards and said, "Look, the window was closed." And when he turns to Deborah, and she says, "You're letting all the the air out, the hot air out." Ah, uh, yeah. And all right. of a sudden, the the window is open. Kind of, thing. it's all like, yeah, it's all wide open. Um, and it's and within a split second. So he shows that to um one of the other documentary filmmakers and that's when they start to realize that sort of weird shit's happening yeah yeah and that that's when when they review the footage of her and it looks like she pops up on the kitchen uh worktop they're like the time code hasn't changed but i think if you saw that you would always just go well the footage is somehow damaged there's a glitch there's something wrong i don't think you'd ever just go the time code didn't move so clearly she's she's obviously teleported yeah, I know. I know some people who will watch that and go supernatural. That <laughs> I, I would instantly think, well, they just overlaid the Night the crawling. time code afterwards. Just yeah, a little teleportation. <laughs> There's a little X-Men. bit of blue smoke when she did that. So she's definitely a mutant. Bamp. I always wonder what the bamp actually sounded like in real life. The Nightcrawler oh, bamp. They perfected it in X2, didn't they? That's the. I can't remember. Yeah, unless it was so that... good. The Nightcrawler, just... Alan Cumming turns up in the in the Oval Office at the start of X Men Two. Probably Did it make the a best bamf noise. Yeah, yeah, very bamfy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was great. That scene, wasn't it? Yeah, it's um, the best. It probably is the best in all the X Men movies. And then they they had a different guy playing him, didn't they? They had that Kobe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Good times. Yeah. Anyway, so she's not Nightcrawler, definitely not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when when she's in the attic, naked, doing her um, switchboardery, she's uttering a load of uh, uttering a load of scary stuff. Like this was scary. I, I mentioned this did give me the chills. This little bit. I think it's just that deep guttural. Like, if can you imagine like someone you love just start speaking, like they don't speak French, uh, and they don't sound like. Uh, cannibal corpse, corpse vocalist usually in in day-to-day life suddenly they do you're like jesus christ 
Um, and there's like an explosion as well. That, like it shorts out, and there's like some. There's a flash of like a demon. What were you going to say? There's a there's a flash of like a demon's face as well. Yeah. So it explodes. I the, meant to frame of something. go back and frame by frame it, but I forgot. There is a flash of something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's effective as well. I feel like in demonic possession movies, obviously way back from The Exorcist with the flash of yeah. face. That is effective. <laughs> like, uh, sure, we see it all the time, but yeah, I'm glad that 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 was kind of like the one instance of it. So I'm glad that they kind of just did it once and didn't start overdoing it. And as you mentioned, Luke, with at least a camera wasn't constantly flickering and shorting out. And yeah, it was yeah. very, it wasn't too heavy handed with a lot of that stuff, which I kind of appreciated. Um, so yeah, then they re- get the recording from the camera and realize that she's speaking French, uh, GCSE French. Um, <laughs> All the basic stuff, you know. Uh, um, so, I'm gonna do fromage in the parapoli in the par. I can't Discotheque. Just doing the flight of Concord song. Huh? Jacques Cousteau. Yeah. Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> um, yeah. So, <laughs> did they reverse it and realize that she's speaking French? But uh, some creepy, creepy stuff she's saying, isn't it? There's like stuff about sacrifices, the big blood. Mm. Yeah, and, and they kind of well. realise that she's yeah, um, she's speaking about someone who had died in the the town, who was quite infamous. Yeah, yeah. So I think they they must Google something. <laughs> How do they work this out? Because they, they do. That a bit sounds about right. Henry Dejard. Oh no, I think I think they did maybe do a bit googling, but they ask. Mr. Harris. Yeah. I think Harris is the one who says, yeah, he was uh, infamous. He stole some girls, uh, killed them, were ritualistically. And then he goes kind of documentary. He goes, Dr. Yeah. Uh, Henry, Henry, <laughs> the audience was, uh, you know, is he a dentist? Orthodontist? I, think, um, I remember how they were, Orth- how they were, <laughs> orthodontist. <laughs> I think so. The line, one of the lines keeps ringing constantly. Um, the the switchboard lines, and they get like loads of old paperwork for Deborah, and work out that line three three seven, and the page has been ripped out, and they do a classic, uh, <laughs> grave rubbing thing, whatever it's called. But they do that on the paper, and uh, they find out Henry Desjardins' name, and I think they Google it and find out that there you go. he was he was a local. He was a local nonce, basically. basically <laughs> they go to the local nonce database, uh, which is always updated. It's always updated. Uh, yeah, and they basically find out that he did a load of murders, cannibalistic, ritualized murders of four young girls. Um, and then there was potentially going to be a fifth victim, and I can't remember what happened. I think he disappeared. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He was some kind of ritual with, like, like, satanic ritual with snakes and all sorts of things, and yeah, it was um, it was not nice news. His house smelled. I remember them saying his house oh, was yeah. stuck. His house absolutely <laughs> freaked. It stunk in there. It's full of dead snakes or something. They've been like, yeah. Well, I kind of like that. I kind of like that they went for this angle because you know if she just, I was worried that they were going to play it back and it's like, oh, she's speaking Latin. Mm, yeah. it's such an ancient language only uttered by the do you know what I mean I thought it was going to go in that direction I was like well mm-hmm. the fact that she was speaking French 
and it kind of linked to somebody else was like oh okay that's very interesting where, where they're going with this um does gavin quit the film as well around about now oh no no, no. Oh. Sorry, I've, I've skipped ahead yeah uh so thingies at the hospital i think she even tries to escape with a child pretty quickly yeah, she tries it once, and like when she tries to um, go and get a child, and yeah, when she's in the hospital, they do all sorts of horrible things. They do like a spinal tap on her, and all oh, sorts. Yeah. Of yeah, that was grim. So obviously, uh, they look at her, look at her back, and her back sort of coming out all these welts and sores, um, and they sort of start doing a question. Has she been doing anything with fertilizer? Yeah. <laughs> Has she been mucking about with fertilizer on her back? Uh, she been exposed to this, and yeah, the doctors are sort of they they have pretty much no idea about what could be wrong with her. And yeah, they do a yeah, that was a, the spinal thing was spinal fluid drain, whatever they did was pretty grim. Uh, yeah, and then she, I'm assuming the obviously the cancer ward is nearby because she just goes out and just scoops up uh, a little girl who's in who's in the ward and there. Uh, yeah, goes off of her. The fact that it happens once, you can kind of understand. The fact that it happens again later, I was just like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Keep an eye on her. Well, I suppose she's got uh, supernatural powers, so. <laughs> um, so, Harris is telling them to not look into Desjardins or something. He's trying to scare off the... I don't actually know, but he's trying to get rid of the film crew. So he starts shooting up the car. Yeah. Um and he gets arrested, he he's he's like drunk and they, they take him take him away. Um classic small town police force as well where they just turn up and go, Harris, what are you like? Firing a shotgun. All yeah. <laughs> you silly boy. Come on, in the drunk tank with you. Um I try remember so they they carry one of the film crew does leave. Yeah. yeah, he's just like, I've had enough. See you later. Gavin. Gavin. Uh, he's yeah. he's like, had enough, obviously. Say <laughs> yeah. again. He drives it off and just leaves him there, doesn't he? He takes the car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so obviously they, they, they find Deborah with the little girl in the hospital, just like in a... Where's, where are they? Like in a sort of abandoned, weird... It looks like actually a kitchen or something, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks like a, it's almost like a sort of um, walk-in freezer or something like that. And they're both yeah. sort of in the, facing the wall, like Blair Witch style. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty creepy. I thought, yeah. and I'm, I thought maybe it was going to kick off, but not really. They kind of just go, Deborah, Deborah <laughs> what, are you, what are you playing at? And she's, yeah, she, well, she doesn't say anything. She's got that vacant yeah. look on her face vacant but like she will rip your throat out if you push her too far yeah sort of terrifying look i've just looked at the back looked at the thing in the background again then <laughs> for a second whoa <laughs> those eyes uh yeah so what happens i think they do a bit more digging into the desjardines stuff mm. uh he was trying to recreate some like ancient ritual that would make him immortal but it required the deaths of five girls that had recently had their first period. I don't remember. It says that in the description here. I don't remember that being discussed. That... Uh, yeah, the the period blood is like an offering to 
to the devil because he was dying. I think that was it. So he was dying, and then this ritual was supposed to give him everlasting life. There's also a, oh, there was some kind of scientist they were talking to about. There's some sort of occult scientist. Oh, yeah, but he yeah, yeah, also yeah. told them about the African. He, he spent some time in Africa, um, which is full of this kind of stuff. All you can't swing a cat for being getting involved in some crazy hijinks um <laughs> but there's a woman a mother whose baby died and she never let go of it and it kind of for weeks she had this like uh i don't say rotting baby that sounds really offensive this sort of uh melting <laughs> withering uh baby right baby withering say baby body decompose a baby body bob body and body and uh, <laughs> uh so but then he said like she started to talk the the child started to speak through her um and it was only when he ripped the uh the pile of baby from her hands and threw it into a fire that she was free of the spell yeah. yeah. So I mean, that, now, like now, a, that almost yeah. sounds like a terrible example for that mm-hmm. occult guy to give because it's like the baby started talking through her. Like if if it was like I don't know, um, an adult or somebody else, he started talking through her and he was saying things that only that person could know that convinced it. But what's she going to be saying? We're like, that's definitely a baby talking through her. What's the baby <laughs> saying? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Like, uh, <laughs> that's the baby, that. That's the that's the baby. Always saying gaga. <laughs> <laughs> that's uncanny. That's uncanny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's how they know that they've got to sort of purify it, isn't it? But purify it by fire. That's that's what they say. Yeah. Fire so then they they go good. in search of the uh, the other victim that. Um, that yeah, he'd like he'd either buried. I can't. I always get it confused whether the the body that they find in the loft is either him or it's meant to be one of his victims. I think it's him. Um, yeah, yeah. Because when they try and burn it, it it, it doesn't burn and snakes oh, pop yeah. out of it. Yeah, that's uh, all. So Deborah's at hospital. There's a lot of hospital trips, isn't there? There's almost like. <laughs> There's a little time-lapse bit of the hospital every... Oh, they're back there again. Um, And Harris visits her. um, And she does say to Harris... Deborah does say to Harris, kill me, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he tries to smother her with a pillow. um, And the whole room starts shaking. And then the the TV that's on the wall sort of launches itself at him. Oh, those TVs when they're not fixed in. Yeah. (laughs) Like CRT telly. To CRT the back. telly to the back of the head. See, if that was a flat <laughs> screen, he would have been all right. If it was a flat screen, he might have gone, ow. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that happens. But he doesn't die, does he? He's Just like, gets bad. He gets bad in, uh, Yeah. And then yeah. he says to Sarah, he sort of explains some stuff, doesn't he? He says... Um, what does he say? He basically explains that she was the fifth child. They tried to he was gonna kill her in this in this cave, this certain cave. Yeah. Um and they saved her by killing him. Like uh Deborah stabbed him in the neck with a trowel. I think yeah. that was the uh And then they buried him in the garden. So what were um, they doing in the garden that day? Just digging him up I... to check if he was still there? Don't know, but I think maybe they were. I don't know if they were doing that or if they were 
moving him to there. I think later on when they find Deborah out and she's digging like a dog in the garden, I think at that point she's possessed. She yeah. puts the travel in there and puts the dead body in the loft. In the loft. That's... Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah, there's another, obviously, part of it where they the documentary crew and Sarah go into the loft, find a bag of body. I want yeah. to look at it. I was annoyed that they didn't show us a look at it. It was kind of like, ah! <laughs> did, we get to see did we get to see a bit of skull or something? I thought, uh, I thought we did. Maybe we didn't. Yeah, you couldn't really see anything. It just looked like a sort of gross, like black, like almost tar person inside it. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, they try and throw it into the fire. Load of snakes. Load, of... load of lighter fluid. Too much, some would say. I think Mia's like, ah, oh, put more lighter fluid on it. Come on, get it. Come on, be a bit more generous with it. I am, I am. <laughs> no, didn't work. All the snakes come out. Uh, yeah, pretty terrifying. Big explosion stuff, as well. Yeah, big old explosion. And I think ne- around about now is when Deborah goes and actually abducts the girl again. Just keep mm. them apart. Lock some doors. Move her to a different area of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And isn't that straightforward? But something, anything, because we see it. We see this Hospitals little girl. Are dead easy to get lost in as well. Deborah must be yeah. amazing finding a way around. Like <laughs> you can't walk around the hospital and know exactly where you're going. Uh, it's un- it's unreal to expect. Even if you're possessed, I even a person possessed by a demon, I think we're like, where the fuck am I? So, how long ago did this doctor die? Because that hospital might have been rebuilt or done out by then. He'd be well lost. Oh god, I don't remember it being like this. It's a new wing. <laughs> <laughs> a new wing. Oh, silly me. I'm going to do an abduction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, by radiology. <laughs> <laughs> so we see some footage of Deborah like um, doing so. There's like a security guard in there, and she bites his neck, mm. uh, which is pretty pretty bad. But yeah, so the documentary crew and Sarah go after Deborah with their new information. I think there's a sheriff as well who a friend her, her, uh, Sarah's ex ex yeah yeah that's right Sarah's yeah that's right yeah. Sarah's ex, um, so she goes ahead at one point, doesn't she? So where do they go? So they go to, is it like a cave slash? Yeah, it's like some sort of uh, uh, parks, park, what, what do you call them in America? Parks and Rec, that kind of place. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a, a walking trail, I think, and there's like a cave at the top. It's probably a gift shop. I like I like how Deborah steals a car as well, GTA style. Like, <laughs> Get out of there! I'm possessed. I'm taking this one. Get in the back. We're going. Press it. <laughs> um, so uh, there's there's two sheriff. There's the ex and there's like a guy. They go to. Uh, they they find him outside the cave. They go to get her, and she kind of like sprays the guy. Yeah. With like mouth acid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her hair. And skin kind of flaps like that. <laughs> and uh, that's the name. Um, it's not even acid. It's just uh, just gross spit. <laughs> it's like, ah, this she is disgusting. Disgusting, man. Yeah. This is not worth it. He gets spat on by an old lady. Um, and then, uh, so the ex... 
goes in to get her. She's like, stay here. I'll go get her. Um, but then Sarah, she like waits for like, two minutes, and then she goes, no, I'm going to go in. Her and the camera go in, uh, and they find the ex on the floor. Now, ex alive. Ex alive. <laughs> <laughs> You're going for that. She used to be alive. Now she's dead. Ex alive. Uh, yeah. And then they do sort of this. Obviously, it gets really um, sort of claustrophobic at this stage. And it did remind me of movies like As Above, So Below and uh, Sick Grave Encounters as well. But I feel like I've just said that because you mentioned it earlier. I don't even remember it that much. Um, but it, feel, it feels kind of like that, almost like a bit like Wreck as well, I guess. The end of Wreck, where everything's kind of close quarters and there's that sort of um, night vision hue as well. Is that kind of happening in this? Yeah, for um, a little bit. Not for very long, but yeah. It's, it yeah. Kind of, it sort of reminds me of um, the Blair Witch sequel. Like, not Book of Shadows. I've never seen it. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah. What, when no. they're in the house? Yeah, there's... Um, yeah. The, the sort of the sequel to the the original movie, so not Book of Shadows, but like the this is 2016 sequel. But like the last 20 minutes of that movie are really really scary, and um, yeah, and really claustrophobic. So if you haven't seen it, watch it. But it really reminded me of that in the the sort of caves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty creepy, and obviously we get some good shots now of Deborah looking definitely beyond just unwell and definitely beyond maybe even just possessed because she's almost like her physical form is altering um she's got like snake neck going on yeah <laughs> classic classic case of snake neck going on there <laughs> uh, and then obviously we get the probably the most iconic moment from this movie but also genuinely terrifying and <laughs> it was it was a thing that i'd seen before but didn't know it was from this movie right mm. So it's like a, it was one of those. Mo- I think I'd seen it as like, oh, I thought it was from a, another film, or maybe I even thought it was one of those moments which had been. It wasn't even from a film; it had just been from a short or something like that. So yeah. when I saw it; it kind of all came together. But yeah, pretty damn terrifying. So Deborah, who's fully snake possessed now, um, her neck's opening. Anaconda, like when Anaconda eats John Voight in Anaconda, she's doing that to the kid. What eating yeah. the kid's head? The kid looks up for it. I'll be honest. The yeah, kid's always weird. like leaning forward. The kid's always leaning I forward. Like, wants go on. to be a mini milk. <laughs> go, on. <laughs> go on then, if you got to, Deborah. <laughs> I bet it does feel quite nice to be to have your head sucked like that. It's like you know, you get to hairdressers. I mean, not. I was pretty haven't been for a while. I imagine. Which hairdressers being... have you been to? <laughs> Jesus. Okay, while you're there, we got the full works for you. We're gonna give you a lovely shoulder. We're gonna give you the Deborah Logan. <laughs> We're gonna give you the Deborah Logan. Deborah, Deborah, get in here. <laughs> get down off the counter, Deborah. We've got a customer in. And um, get off the counter. But we, when if you ever. <laughs> I had hair once upon a time, and I went to the hairdressers, and they gave me like a hair wash. Like when I thought I had a job interview, so I was like, I'm going to pay for a proper one, and they gave me like a proper head hair wash and kind of massage your head and stuff. Imagine like uh, massaging your head with a tongue, giving you a nice little temple wash. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I bet it feels but... quite nice. 
I don't think she's. It's not a massage, is it? She's definitely trying to. Oh, she's trying to eat you. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. Yeah. I want, that's I want why I'm saying that. Just, <laughs> just let it happen. What would have happened? Would she like swallowed her down like a? Yeah, I guess. It just reminded me of like mm. you know when Scooby Doo has those like giant sandwiches and he's cut, like his mouth yeah. opens up to the size <laughs> of the sandwich. It's just like that. It was. It just reminded me of that. Um, <laughs> Bulk and Skull get their lunch out of their bag in in Power Rangers. It's like a massive long baguette. Don't worry, that's going down. Don't worry about that for a while. Um, well, it basically, is basically Deborah Logan's great, deep throat. Yeah, <laughs> Deborah Logan's deep throat technique is 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 paying. Sorry, sorry, sorry. shouldn't have said that. It sounded better in my head than it did when it came out. <laughs> I um yeah, I, I just say like it's a great horror movie moment that like mm. it's uh worth if you even if you're not a fan of found footage horror movies it's just a really it's just a really good moment to watch worth it yeah i think i feel like it's like a sort of iconic moment that not a lot of people have seen but then whenever i sort of introduce someone to it they've already introduced other people to it but because they're like you've got to watch it just for this bit kind of thing yeah uh, and even when they sort of take the child away from her and her her jaws are like re- sort of elongated, almost like Predator style, it, it looks <laughs> yeah. really good. It looks like it, it's just really gnarly, but it looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, so, I remember how this ends. Shoot. So Sarah shoots her, doesn't she? Or shoots yeah. at her. She does shoot her. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Wait, does she die, Deborah? No, she's... Um, so they then they have to obviously burn the the body. Yeah. So they burn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they had to do it in that cave for some for plot reasons, I imagine. Yeah. Like they couldn't do that at home. No. Situation. What would they have done, <laughs> done if it didn't burn? Like. Oh. Oh, that's it. Eight, Give up. Yeah. Give up. Yeah. Give up. That's We've got the, the bad ending. Start again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, in a way, this is the bad ending, isn't it? Because. Um, there's like a news story. Oh, oh wait, yeah. no, wait, sorry. So, so first of all, so yeah. first of all, is Deborah is being wheeled out of a court. She's like in a wheelchair. She looks pretty much um, completely out of it, and she's they, she's deemed unfit to stand trial for the crime she committed, uh, which was obviously abduction, the murder of the police officer, the sheriff woman. The other guy didn't die, did he? Acid face. No, I mean he's probably not having a good time. Yeah, yeah, he's probably burnt. <laughs> uh, and also the the sucking of a child's head, which is in a way the worst crime of all. <laughs> <laughs> but she um, sucked out all the cancer, right? Like she's not oh, yeah. not getting cancer anymore. Like she's making a full recovery, mm. uh, full head of hair. Lucky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, out of there. Well, good for you. <laughs> um, uh, but she's, celebrating her birthday, she's celebrating a birthday. And then they're like, what do you want to be when you grow older? And then she, she doesn't say anything overtly, but you could tell she's thinking a snake. <laughs> 100%. So <laughs> obviously it's a very sinister smile, almost like, comedic in a way where i was a bit like oh that's creepy and then it just she held it for so long i was a bit like okay it's yeah. not creepy anymore it's gonna just 
wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Obviously... At the time she's eating, she's sucking on the mini milk as she's looking at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> shedding her skin. What are you doing? Yeah. Shed a bit, just shedding my skin. Uh, so obviously it's pretty much, it's hinted at, but I think it's quite, I mean, it's very obvious that old French, French man is... What's his name? Henry. Did you see that thing where they go, Henry? And she goes, what? Ah! You little... <laughs> <laughs> you little murdering bastard! Imagine that though. Like, if you were dying and you were worried about being dead, and you're like, I want to live forever. It just must be weird suddenly being like, oh, I'm in an old lady's body, and now I'm in a ten-year-old kid's body. Wild ride. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think he'd probably be happy with how that ended up. Um, he's got lots of life left at that point, and I'm guessing he's going to. This reminds me of the skeleton key. Skeleton key. Is that the one where um, the have you seen that one, Ben? Uh, is it Kate? Oh, yeah, Kate Hudson. Yeah, I think I have seen it. Yeah, I don't remember much about it though. Uh, spoilers for that. Skip. Press a little thirty seconds skip button. But yes, it's well, like I've not the, seen it. Oh yeah, I have. Sorry. Go on. Uh, the the butler and maid of, of voodoo people, and they take over the kids. In the family, and then this is later on, and they eventually take over Kate Hudson and oh, the, the real estate agent or something. Uh, but they're kind of living immortally that way. So this is a kind of a similar, similar idea, I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and uh, that's that. That is the end. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some uh, name game for you guys if you're up for a little bit of name game. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you know. How to- you know how name game works? I know. I've listened to this enough now. But <laughs> I know what's going on. There we go. Uh, first one. Uh, I watched a film about an elderly woman battling Alzheimer's disease who agrees to let a film crew document her drive to work where they document the many cars passing by her. So, elderly woman and they're filming her. Uh, they're filming oh, her drive to work. Take over of Deborah Logan. No, <laughs> document many cars passing by her. Overtake so, the, the overtaking of Deborah Logan. Where takeover came from? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> takeover. All right. Um, so, when I watched about an elderly woman battling Alzheimer's disease, she agrees to let a film crew document her condition, and she plays that game from Bonsai, where they don't let go of people's hands. The handshaking oh. of Deborah Logan. Shaking of oh, Deborah yeah. Logan. I've yeah. literally not thought about that for <laughs> a decade. Yeah. <laughs> what a great show, Bon Banzai. <laughs> this next one: elderly woman battling Alzheimer's disease agrees to let a film crew document her condition, but what they discover is something far more sinister going on. She's actually a baked confectionery dessert. <laughs> the baking of Deborah Logan. <laughs> Uh, close. No, the very close. Very the. I mean, this isn't really a word, to be fair. <laughs> but um, she's a bit confe- confectionery dessert. Caking. Yeah. <laughs> See, what I'm confused about is uh, in my head, I prepared for this, thinking you were going to replace the word Logan with something else or Deborah. I don't know. Don't I don't know what. And now it's all taking stuff. Well, I'm baffled. Throwing you off. Hold, hold, hang on to your balls. Wow, <laughs> that for a while. Um, so, 
This next one, elderly woman battling Alzheimer's disease, she agrees to let a film crew document her condition, the way they discover is she's actually a sausage roll. <laughs> uh, you already got this one, and the last one. The baking of Deborah Logan. Well done. I, I swiped that from, from <laughs> Stu's grasp. He oh, earned it, but I took it. Sorry. <laughs> but also, this... fully watched the baking of Deborah Logan. Yeah, I would as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one is if the if the last four have been kind of like easy mode, this is uh insane mode name game. Oh god. What uh, yeah. Uh, an elderly woman battling samurais in feudal Japan agrees to let a film crew document her condition, but what they discover is that she isn't who she said she was. The taking of Deborah Shogun. Halfway there. But she didn't. She isn't who she said she is. The faking of Deborah Shogun. Almost there. Who's going to get it first? Oh. The faking of. Wait, have you replaced the word Deborah with something? <laughs> <laughs> You're halfway there. Deborah Shogun. You haven't got much left. Is <laughs> the oh. other half. Uh. It isn't who she says she is. Faking is probably works better, in all honesty. <laughs> <laughs> the... I'm, I'm stumped. Yeah, same. I'm well, you, 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 uh, the mistaking of Deborah Shogun. Ah, amazing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just one. An elderly woman battling Sam. Oh, no, hang on a second. An elderly woman battling Alzheimer's, not Samurais. Um, goes missing and then uh, Liam Neeson has to save her the taken of the Deborah, taken Logan. Deborah Logan <laughs> I will find you I keep thinking about the baking of Deborah Logan now like imagine a great British bake-off scenario where all the other contestants are just well contestants you... and one of them is possessed by a French murderer when she's just on the <laughs> counter all the time like a French <laughs> yeah go to the counter Deborah this is my method <laughs> Try to film. Um, what was the one uh, in the Great British Bake Off? Uh, the hosts had a big switcheroo. Whoever was the older lady before the current older lady. <laughs> that makes sense. Mary Berry. Yeah. Deborah Logan. Wait. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> That's kind There's of similar. some similarities there, yeah. Yeah. And Paul Hollywood is the neighbour. Basically, we're going to remake <laughs> the taking of Deborah Logan. Mary Berry as Deborah Logan. Paul Hollywood as the neighbour. Steve uh, Nolfield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nolfield and his Sarah. Nolfield and yeah. his Sarah, yeah. And she'll still say, are you wearing your dad's shirt? All the time. <laughs> uh, I, I would give money to that Kickstarter if you were going to make that. <laughs> add it to the pile of possible Kickstarters Kickstarter. we've already, we're already cooking up. Including the feudal Japan, Deborah Deborah Logan, Deborah Logan, yeah. Wow. Need to rate the film. I say it's all right. Yeah. Do you say all right in in, in Bristol? Like yeah. in 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 a Mansfield or not? Should we say all right instead of all right? I mean, probably not. But I understand. I understand. Okay. It. Do you remember what we used to say? We used to say this on Horror Hangout all the time. We used to go, it's time to rate the film. Is it rate good or is it rate bad? 
We should say that all the time. Then one day we stopped. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. Moved on. It evolves. It evolves. This show. It's an ever-evolving content yeah. beast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, Stu, you go first. What are you going to rate it? Okay. Um, I mean, for me, it's like a solid sort of B plus. Like I, I think as found footage movies go, like apart from the classics, you can't really get much better than this one for me, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I might go a li- just a little bit lower. I think I've been ever so generous with my ratings recently. I've been ever so generous. So I think I'll go for a B minus with this because it was a lot, lot better than I expected it to be. Um, I think it was a very sort of well-measured character, a bit of a character study as well as being like a fan footage movie about a possession, you know. Um, Hit all the classic beats a possession movie does, but I felt like it also offered something extra to that. Uh, So, yeah. And obviously Jill Larson's performance was great as well. Uh, Very effective. So I'll go for a B minus. Cool. Um, I am going to go for a B plus as well. I just think it, I mean, I, I've got a soft spot for fan, fan footage movies. Uh, and this one is, yes, yeah, it's, it's one of the best, one of the better ones. Mm. Um, B plus. B positive. That's what I always say. <laughs> B when positive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very nice. There we go. That's it. Uh, Stu, where can we direct? That is the next part of the show. You're right. Luke looked like he struggled with a. Oh, God. Is it a back? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got back issues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a back spasm. I've just been sat in a certain way for so long that when I moved, my back was like, no, you ain't. <laughs> <laughs> you started speaking French. <laughs> yeah. Really affected. I can't even think of a French word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Je t'aime. Je t'aime. Yeah. Uh, so Stu, where can we direct listeners of this podcast to your uh, YouTube channel or your social media or anywhere? Yeah, to find yeah. um, so both my uh, YouTube and Instagram are StuTube. So it's S-T-O-O-T-O-O-B, StuTube. Um, and yeah, I try and upload something at least once a week. Um minimal so i'm slightly slacking i've got to do something this week because i didn't do anything last weekend but yeah there's all sorts of content on there so um yeah something for everyone i i hope (laughs) cool um yeah so definitely go check that out i've actually subscribed liked and subscribed thank you um uh whilst recording uh uh, i think i liked i'm gonna go one better i liked and subscribed and i even stuck the old notification bell on that's commitment there. I never you know? do that. I, that's not a habit of mine. I mean, I should do that because there are some channels that I'm yeah. like, I will watch when I think when they put out content, I will watch it straight away. But I just yeah. never. The girlfriend reviews, I think, is maybe the best YouTube channel on YouTube at the moment. Other than YouTube, obviously. <laughs> girlfriend reviews but, is but get, quality. Do you watch? I just find it so funny. What's that one? A corridor crew, the um, the guys that do uh, like stuntmen react and um, like special effects react. I, I watch them. Yeah, I've well. seen a few of those. Yeah, yeah. pretty I've good. Not seen that. 
Yeah, they could, they'll check them out. They do. Um, they'll either get like a stunt man in, and they'll uh, talk about loads of different stunt scenes, or because uh, they're visual effects artists, they talk about like various visual effects scenes in films that are either um, like really good or really rubbish. And then also they do um, sometimes do like recreations. They'll do like an eighteen-rated version of um, a Captain America: Civil War and oh, uh, Harry yeah, Potter, so that, that, like slicing up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that is a good. It's great. You like yeah. you get to see like Scarlet Witch. It's like making someone vomit blood and stuff. It's yeah, it's really good. <laughs> What's it called again? Yeah. Corridor Crew and girlfriend reviews as well. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm definitely a fan of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, cool. I, if you're a fan of this episode, become a patron over at Patreon.com/forward/slash/HawkandCleaver. Thanks to Kovacs Cameron for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing. Go to Facebook, join the Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Um, and thanks to Ben and Stu for being Right Horror Dudes. Thank you very much, Luke. Thank you very much, Stu. An absolute pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, it's been fun. I really enjoyed it. Nice <laughs> Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.